Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome Decode Your Burnout fans to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I have somebody who I've personally worked with. Her name is Michelle Culp, and she's the best-selling author of over 20 books. Now, in 2020, Michelle decided to write, publish, and launch a book a month as an experiment and created thousands of dollars in passive income by writing books. Her books also connect her with clients for her best-selling author program. And Michelle is here to really help us understand, for all of us aspiring self-published authors, uh, what are the biggest myths that we might have about what it takes to be successful in this field? And then just take us on a little bit of a journey in terms of her experience and some tips for success. So Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. So before we dive in, I'm really curious if you can share a little bit of background in terms of how did you end up becoming a really successful self-published author that now you're even helping other people do the same? So um, I spent 17 years in the legal field as a paralegal, and I loved my um, my career until at the end of my career, I hated it. And I was burnt out big time because I was a single mom with three kids working nine to five corporate job in Washington, D.C., high stress litigation. Um, and luckily, the law firm fired me. I was miserable anyways. I just didn't have the courage to quit. And they fired me, gave me the pink slip and some severance pay. And I decided that was my ticket out of the legal field. But since I spent 17 years of my life since college in the legal field, I really didn't know what else I was going to do. Um, I did have a chance meeting with Billy Ray Cyrus back when his song Achy Breaky Heart came out. And I met him after a concert. And he said, he asked me a question that changed my life. And he said, um, he told me that his, his people called him an overnight success. And he said that he spent his whole life on music. Like that was his passion. That was his love. And even if all the money and the fame and fortune went away, he was still going to pursue his passion and his love of music. And he asked me what my dreams were. And I told Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, people probably know who he is, but I told him I didn't have any dreams. My life was about survival because at the time it was, it was, I was in survival mode. I barely could pay the bills. I had three kids. My ex-husband wasn't paying child support. My older brother was diagnosed with AIDS and was dying. I had a lot of stress. And um, I said, I don't have any dreams. My life's about survival. And he said, I want you to make me a promise that you'll go out and find your dream and never, ever give up on your dream. 
So I made Billy Ray Cyrus this promise that I would do this. And it took me a year to find my dream. I really was kind of like lost. Um, they say, what's the saying? All those who lost, all those who wander are not lost. Well, I was lost for about a year trying to figure out this elusive dream. And I came upon a book at the bookstore called How to Find Your Mission in Life by Richard Bowles. Now, Richard Bowles wrote a very big book called What Color is Your Parachute? A lot of people are familiar with that book. It's a kind of a career, you know, f- figure out your career book. But in the book, it said, what do you love to do where you lose all sense of time? And when I read that sentence, the only thing I could think of, like when I was a kid, I loved writing essays for school. I loved writing book reports. I loved writing poems, articles, short stories. I was always like either reading a book or writing. And so I kind of thought that must be my dream because it like five hours could go by. And to me, it seems like five minutes when I'm writing. So that led me down the path to pursue writing. And I did go try to go down the traditional path. And this is one of the myths we're going to talk about that you need a publishing house, that you need a traditional publisher. And so I wrote a book called um, um, Woman Take Hold of Your Power, 50 Ways Women Give Away Their Power. And I submitted it to all these big publishing houses in New York, and I got a lot of rejection letters, and I got a call from one of the big five publishing houses, and they actually liked my book proposal and my manuscript, and they were interested. And um, I was so excited because I thought, oh, my God, my dreams are coming true. I'm going to be a published author. And the guy on the phone said to me, well, I have a few questions. You know, we really like this, but... Um, what are your credentials? And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, this is a self-help book for women. Are you a psychologist? Are you a counselor? Like, what are your credentials? Do you have a PhD? And I said, oh no, I have something better. And he said, better than a PhD. And I said, that's life experience that I wrote from. It's not like from a book or theory. And he's like, well, sorry, it's a great book, but if you had a PhD, we'd publish it, but you don't. So we're not. (laughs) And that was it. Wow. And but the, the call was good because it gave me affirmation that my writing was good enough to get them to call me. Yes. And that they were interested. It was just at the time. This was a long time ago in the 90s. Um, I didn't have uh, the Ph.D. they were looking for. Now, of course, now you could just get up somebody with a Ph.D., somebody like yourself to write the forward and you could solve the problem and write the book. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, They kind of closed the door on that. And I kind of like forgot about the writing thing for a while. I did um, get a job as a freelance reporter just to get some experience writing. And I did love being a reporter for a few years after the legal field. Then I got into outside sales and then I started my online business in 2005. So I've been doing this for a while. And when Amazon put up their self-publishing platform, it's called Kindle Direct Publishing, KDP, I decided, well... Um, why do I need a publishing house? I'm going to publish my own books. And so I published the book that the publisher turned down and I, I went on to publish a few other books, but I wasn't really making any money with the books, you know, a few hundred dollars here and there. And um, I started looking at that and I realized nobody could find my book. Everybody was self-publishing and my book was lost on Amazon. So um, I used to do web design and SEO, which is search engine optimization and keywords. And I figured out if you understood SEO on Amazon, people could find your book. But the way they find your book are through bestsellers list and categories. So I studied categories. I studied keywords. I studied Amazon's platform and I relaunched my book 
And in one day I had 2,159 downloads of my book. That book was called Never Work Again, Six Secrets to Making a Play, a pay, a, How to Make a Playcheck Instead of a Paycheck. And, um, and I did really well. And it was on all the bestsellers list and it was starting to generate some income. And so that's how I got into like self-publishing. And then as I started publishing more books, clients started coming to me saying, we want to write books. We want to be on a bestsellers list. We want to you know, either use a book for their business or some, some authors just like, you know, they just want to write books. And so there's like two different paths. One is for like the entrepreneur business owner who wants to use a book to generate business. And the other is just somebody who wants to write a lot of books. And so that's how I got into the whole book writing thing. To date, I've helped 350 authors write, publish, and launch books. And I have over 22 of my own books. And yes, in 2020, I wrote a book a month, which was insane. And I don't know how I did it or got through it, but I was kind of burnt out at the end of it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a lot. A lot. Really like helping everybody else publish their books. And on top of that, writing a book a month. I think for most people, even if they had nothing else going on 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 their plate, to write a book a month, in and of itself would be like a hugely daunting task. In hindsight, I should have taken a sabbatical, you know, like I can't be helping, you know, uh, all those clients and be writing a book a month. It was like really insane. My brain was like turning to mush, just going from, you know, topic to topic, book to book, launch to launch, all that. So now that you have those books, you know, you've got those 12 books from one year kind of written and out there. How are you approaching 2022? Is there a different kind of way that you're coming into this new year in terms of how you run your business? Are you are you writing less books? Are you taking on less clients? Like, what are you doing to prevent yourself from burning out? Well, in 2021, I realized, okay, I can't continue another year of writing because I am really going to burn out big time. Um, I was already like on the verge. Um and um, so in 2021, what I did was I took the, the books that I wrote in 2020 and I created like box sets and a Spanish version, audio books. So I kind of repurposed the material I already had. So I didn't have to write anything new in 2021. Like, yeah, that 2021. This year, I thought about it again. I was like, do you want to write a book a month again? And I'm like, mm, no, because again, I still usually work with about a dozen authors at a time like any given month, I've got a dozen books, um, you know, somehow we're in the process of either, you know, creating the book, publishing the book, launching the book for clients. So it is a lot. And I realize now, like, it, it was a lot, it was great. It was a good experiment. I did create after 12 months, 3300 in passive income. And I wrote two books about this process. One is called 28 books to 100k, which was the article that I read that said the author, the average author who makes six figures has 28 books. So I was trying to get to that 28 bookmark to get six figures in passive income. I didn't quite hit that, but I created 3,300 a month in passive income, which I thought, well, hey, when I go to retire, this is going to exceed my social security Mm -hmm. um, income. So I wrote a book called Digital Retirement about how you can use wealth with words and just, you know, write books to create what, you know, wealth. I don't know if that's a long, long-term strategy because with Amazon, things go up and down, right? Especially the new stuff that comes out, Amazon likes promoting it. And then it's in about a year, it's got like a year shelf life. And then they're on to like the, the next thing and the new books. So um, this year, what I'm going to do is I'm working on a book called One Book to Six Figures. 
And this is for entrepreneurs and experts, consultants, coaches who want to write one book that leads to their program instead of writing a book a month and, you know, having all these different books. They have sort of one signature book. So I'm going to I'm going to be working on that book and I'm probably not going to finish it in one month. So I'll probably give myself three months. But it is important to have a deadline, a short deadline, because as you know, we work together like one book. I have so many clients that come to me. They're like, I've been working on it five years, 10 years. Oh, my God. And what also happens when you when you work on something that long is by the time you get ready to publish it, you read it, you go, I don't even believe this anymore. Or I've changed so much. Like, you know, the whole thing changes or you don't want to write that book anymore. And right. so you've got to get it done and you got to get it done quick. That's why my program is 12 weeks. Perfect. So you were saying the first kind of myth that people have as they're trying to publish their book is that they need a a publishing house. And now with Amazon, obviously that's no longer the case. We can all publish our own books and it's actually a pretty simple process. Yeah. Right. So that's really encouraging for people who have thought about maybe putting a book out there one day that they can do this themselves, right? They can uh, write the book, upload it to Amazon. And before you know it, you're a published author. So that's really fantastic. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you do need to format the book for the ebook and the paperback, but there's formatters out there. You need a cover design. You got to write your book description. I think the biggest mistakes authors make are the categories and keywords and not doing a proper book launch to get on the bestsellers list so their book can be visible. But other than that, it, it is simple to publish a book. on it. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how you publish it. But then the next step is how to get found, which you started talking about, yes. which comes back to this idea of SEO, keywords, categories, and things like that. So uh, what tips do you have for people who don't know anything about this and want, and maybe they already have a book out there. It's not doing so well and they want to climb the charts a little bit. What would you suggest they do to get those results? Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe in this short podcast, the keywords and categories part, but I'll I'll give you an analogy. So let's say you have an Italian restaurant, you're in Miami, Florida, you you own an Italian restaurant, and you want to be found on page one of Google when somebody types in Italian restaurant Miami, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you need to be found on page one of Google, you need good SEO, you need to know what your keywords are, what people are searching for on Google, you need to have links, backlinks, like all this stuff to get found. Amazon is the same way. Um, if, If you go there and you type in the word you know, how to find your passion, which I happen to have a book by that title, what books come up, you know what I mean? People that use that, those keywords when they publish the book. So Amazon allows you to use seven keywords. And then when you follow up with Amazon ads, you can use hundreds of keywords for your book to be found. That's part of it. The other thing is categories. So you want to be found in different categories, which are basically bestseller lists. So you might want to be found in women in business, self-help, spiritual, you know, so you want to diversify your audience. And the way you get on a bestsellers list is you do a high amount of sales in a short amount of time. So we usually do a two-day book launch and we hire promoters. We use my email list. We use social media and um, depending on the book, we could have hundreds or thousands of, um, of sales and downloads for the book. And we get on usually about a dozen bestsellers list. And our goal is at least to hit one number one on some of the bestsellers list. And then 
you want to follow it up with Amazon ads and keep marketing the book. So the book stays at the top of the bestsellers list. I have a client who hired me. Um, her name's Nancy Hartwell. She's in Florida. She was a retired Washington Post technical writer. We published her book in 2013. It's still in the top 10 on the bestsellers list. And she calls it her mortgage money because her book pays her mortgage. So That's you right. don't want to, you don't want to publish you know, launch your book and then forget about it. You know, um, you, you want to keep marketing it and keep the, and Amazon ads kind of keeps your book um, on the forefront, but then you got to learn Amazon ads, you know, then you have, a yeah, or you just outsource that. Right. So yes. I think, I think what's important so far, as we've said, you don't need a publisher. And then yes. once you do have your book published, it's not like a publish it and forget it, but you really have to have, at least if you're not going to do it yourself, hire other people to do your SEO and Amazon ads and whatever's going to help your book get published. So either you're going to go out there and promote it on podcasts and things like that, exactly. or, or you're going to hire somebody to do the back end stuff on Amazon proper. So those are really great tips. Do you have any yeah, I don't other do my own ads? I, I have an ads guy um, and he does my ads. I've done them before and they're, they're a lot of work yeah. and you really need somebody with a lot of tech skills that understands algorithms and uh, bids and auctions and all that stuff. And I just, I just rather outsource. Yeah, it. exactly. Like we don't have to do all the things. <laughs> and yeah. we, you know, if you hire somebody to do it for you, you might actually free up some time to write another book. Another book. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, any other tips or myths that you want to debunk for those prospective self-published yeah, so authors? You, so you, you don't need a publishing. Um, you don't need a publishing house. You can do this yourself. Um, because also um, I have a friend who's published with Wiley. He published four books. Um, Wiley is like a business publishing house. And he said, it's pay to play. Like, yeah, you're, you're, they're going to publish your book and they want you to do all the marketing. They, they're, they're publishing books based on what your, how much followers, how many followers you have and what mm. your li list of size is. So that's the name of the game now. And they're also not very current. They don't, they don't even understand how all these um, bestseller lists works and things like that. So I think most people don't need a publishing house. Um, you can do it yourself. And then if you, if you build a big enough following and list, the publishing house, you know, might come, uh, might come looking for you, but then you're going to give away 80% of your profits and uh, control of your book. Um, and so, you, you, you know, there's a trade-off. So that was one of the myths. The other one is you need a journalism degree. And a lot of people, believe it or not, still think that. Mm -hmm. um, I say, if you can talk, you can write a book because I have clients that literally use an app, talk, talk the chapters into an app, have it transcribed, and then we edit, have it edited and publish the book. So you don't need a journalism degree. You, you, if you're an expert in something and you have something to say about it, that's unique or different, or, you know, can help people, then you can write a book. Yeah. And especially, I know when we talk about books, like sometimes people become overwhelmed with this idea of like, it has to be 200 pages and things like that, but there's lots of people that are publishing eBooks on Amazon and those can be relatively short. They could be a hundred pages or less. And those are things that you could probably speak out uh, in a relatively quick amount of time and have that transcribed and uploaded before you know it, you've got a book up on Amazon. So, you know, I, I want people to walk away from this thinking like if you've ever really wanted to do this and just feel really overwhelmed by the idea that there are so many different versions of this that you can run with, or at least get started with, 
Um, and just getting that foot in the door and being able to say that you're a published author is a great feeling. And then yes. you can take it from there and go to the next project. Yeah. And um, just a couple things from what you said, Amazon has a category called short reads and um, there's like five different subcategories of short reads. A book could be 11 pages. A book could be 12 to like 25 pages, 30 to 50 pages, 50 to 75 and 75 to hundred. So you don't have to write a manifesto, write a short book. Like, like if you were writing a book about marketing, you could, you could write a book about webinars. You can write a book about Facebook ads, you, you know, like you can break it down. Don't try to write one book with everything in it. Break mm-hmm. it down into a series, write short books. People have a short attention span anyways. You know what I mean? So they don't want to read or they often don't finish long books, unfortunately. So my books are about a hundred pages or less, which is about 15,000 words. When I write a blog post, it's 1500 words. So it's basically just 10 blog posts in a book and you got a book. Fantastic. I think that's very encouraging. So Michelle, what other tips might you have for our listeners? Well, the other myth is they think they're going to write one book and make a million dollars. And I I hate to break it to Mm -hmm. authors and I don't want to crush dreams, but I haven't had an author yet, um, you know, make a million dollars from their book. Now, um, that being said, if you have something you're selling on the back end of the book, um, I'll give an example. Russell Brunson, he runs ClickFunnels. He writes books. What does it sell? It sells his software ClickFunnels. So he may make millions of dollars from people reading his books and then signing up for ClickFunnels because I think they're like, I think it's like a couple hundred dollars a month. So you can make you can make millions of dollars, but you're probably not going to make a million dollars just from selling your book. And if you want to go down, like I have a course called 28 books to hundred K and I have some people that are like, okay, I'm going to write a book a month. And then they get into it and realize this is really hard work. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, And so I don't recommend that path for everybody. Um, If you love writing and you can churn out content, then, then do it, but write one book, Use it, you know, for your business, but you're not going to make a million dollars from that one book. You may generate a few hundred dollars a month for one book, or, you know, if you write a series, it could be a thousand dollars a month or a couple thousand dollars a month. So I just want to set those expectations with authors. Now for people who maybe don't feel very confident in their writing, but they may have some really good ideas that they want published in a book. Would you recommend them kind of talk to an editor and just write whatever and have the editor clean it up or work with a ghostwriter? So I have three packages in my done for you program at bestsellingauthorprogram.com. And the first package is the client who they can write the book. Of course, it's still going to be edited and cleaned up, but they're going to write the book. The next one is they work with one of my writing coaches and I have a phenomenal writing coach. And she basically helps them kind of flesh out the book, figure out the hook of the book, the title, get the chapters that they're going to write, you know, make sure they're solving a problem and, um, and, and what is the profit path for the book. So we kind of go through this process with them. And then the other one is I do have a ghostwriter. She's amazing. She's written several of my clients' books. It does take a lot longer to do the ghostwriting process, but there's just some people who are like, my time is worth money it's valuable. And and I don't have the time to write a book, but I need a book for my business. So they they just pay a ghostwriter and the ghostwriter writes it in their voice. Um, You know, you definitely need a good ghostwriter. There's a lot lot of not good ghostwriters out there, but you know, it's a, it's a good way to get a book done without having to write it yourself. 
Yeah. So I think there's all kinds of things that go into book publishing. And if you're wherever you're stuck in that process, there's probably some sort of solution out there for you. So if you really want it, you can get it done is really the message. All right. Now, uh, any other tips you want to share with our listeners? You have so much experience, so many years of writing books and publishing books and helping other people publish books. I thought you would be the perfect person to answer that question. Well, I know that um, there's, you know, people talk about writer's block a lot. That's a big thing, right? I want to write a book, but I have writer's block. When I was on the month schedule, like I had to put turn out, I didn't have time for writer's block. I had to turn out the book and I had to write the content in 15 days and I had to work on editing for a week. Then I had to get the cover design done, publish the book and do the launch. So when you're on a time schedule, it really kind of forces you into it. And um, I, I don't know if it was Stephen King who said that. He's like, you know, um, writer's block might exist. He goes, I just show up at nine o'clock every day at my, you know, my computer and just start typing and working on it. So you definitely need a timeline for your book. Um, I think accountability helps. That's why people, I have a hundred percent success rate for the people that I work with. We get the book done. Now, sometimes it does take a little bit longer than 12 weeks um, because things happen. I just, I have a client right now. She was working on her book. She ended up burning her writing hand she was trying to wax her eyebrows clients and she burned her writing hand and she's like, well, I can't write right now. Well, there's other ways around it, but I'm just saying it's like, as soon as you decide you're going to do something big, all these obstacles show up. I don't know what it is about. Yeah. I'm going to write a book. Oh, I just burned my hand and now I can't write anymore. When I decided to write a book a month, my daughter split up with her ex and her and my two-year-old granddaughter moved in with me. And now I didn't have any quiet time. I had a two-year-old running around my house and I'm trying to write a book a month and run my business. But I did it because I had accountability. I had told so many clients and people I was doing this and they yes. were asking me. So I think you need accountability if you want to get it done. Left to your own devices, you'll be one of those people that have been working on your book for five years, 10 years, three years. Yeah. 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 Work, work, working with somebody else and, um, and, you know, making sure that you have a goal that you're setting, like for the book, what is the purpose of the book? Why do you want to write this book? And, you know, one of the things that I like to do when I have people like yourself come on and share, you know, what it really takes to be successful in your particular field is then really spin those tips and see how we can apply that to our everyday life. And so the first thing I heard you say is, you know, sometimes we think that we need something big to happen. Like we're waiting for somebody else to come and help us be successful, right? Like that publisher that you need to get signed with. And I think the message there is that you can do a lot more yourself and you can have more control of the process. So if you're sitting around waiting for something big to happen, you know, get active and find ways that you can apply, you know, the tips that are out there from other people who have done it to whatever your project is that you'd like to accomplish. The second thing is, you know, you talked about don't just set it and forget it. And I think that's true also for everything that we do in life. You want to have some sort of follow-up. So if you are, let's say, uh, doing sales and you've reached out to people that you follow up with them. If you, you know, if you have customers, you want to make sure that you are following up 
after you've worked with them or if they haven't signed up with you and you want to make sure that you're keeping that relationship alive. You know, so there's all all different ways that you can start to apply this idea of the follow-up and making sure that whatever you put out into the world is successful that you're checking up on it. And that's true. Like when we have relationships, we don't just like, oh, I'm married. So now I don't have to work on my relationship anymore. So I think it's also true for some of the projects that we work on. And then finally, if you've got writer's block, so you're showing up and maybe you want to write that blog article, or you're trying to do a project for your workplace and you have to create slides or you're going to do some sort of a talk and you really just are in that freeze mode where you can't think straight. I think the idea here is you want to show up. You got to hold yourself accountable by having some sort of a timeline, some sort of structure around when you show up for your work. And it's so good to have accountability. So if you are stuck, who can hold you accountable in addition? Is it going to be some sort of support group? Is it going to be a group coaching program? Is it going to be some one-on-one coach that can check in with you? It's really important that you are constantly working on yourself and that you have other people that can support you along the way. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So all left our own devices, you know, just life happens. I mean, it does... And there is just something that happens when we want to do big things and the obstacles show up. And I used to think, are the obstacles here to teach us or are they here to tell us like we need to take a different path and we shouldn't be doing this. But I think they're there to see how bad you really want something. Um, So I used to teach something in my classes called the magic of 51 and the magic of 51. It's better when you draw it out, but it's like you move 10%, the universe moves 10%. You move 20%. Towards your dream, you know, the universe moves 20%. You move 30%, the universe moves 30%. But something magical happens when you cross over the 50%. We call it the magic of 51. It's like you're really committed. You're not just dipping your toe in the water. You're all in on what you say you want. So you're going to be tested and you're going to have obstacles. But how bad do you want it? Exactly. And I think it's important to, like you said, sometimes announce what you're working on out to the world so that. You're not letting other people down, even when it feels hard. So I remember last year I was doing a different podcast. I was doing um, Optimize Your Life, which has now become Decode Your Burnout. And, you know, it was it was a lot of work because I had to create all my own content. And doing these kinds of interviews is actually a lot easier for me because I'm having a conversation, you know, and I can bring on other people and have them share some stuff. So I don't have to do all the work myself, right? But I had committed to doing 50 episodes in 2021. And so I said, I'm just going to stick this out. I'm going to finish out the year. And I did. And it was such a good feeling to know that, you know, you can set a goal for yourself. You make a promise and a commitment to yourself Mm -hmm. and to others that you're going to show up and you do. And even though it's hard, I think what it does is it actually builds you up, right? Because you know that, hey, I can... I can sustain myself and I can really uh, do the things that I commit to doing. I don't just say it and, you know, abandon my projects. So I think that's important. Obviously, there's a caveat that if you're putting too much on yourself, you will burn out. So you want to take a look at that. But I think ultimately, if you have a passion, if you have a goal, um, it's important to have structure in place, have that accountability and 
get yourself through even even when those obstacles are showing up, because as you said, it gets easier the closer to the finish line you get. Absolutely. And you were talking about not abandoning your projects. Oh, by the way, I just noticed um, there's the me and Billy Ray back in. <laughs> Look at that. That is yep. amazing. So if you guys yeah. are listening to this show, you got to go to YouTube or to my website and see the picture that Michelle just shared. Wow. What you had such gorgeous curly hair back then. Yeah, that was that was, um, you know, the 80s style. You had the spiral perm and the big hair and I had my red spandex dress on. And um, he had sold he had played at the Patriot Center in Virginia at this concert. And I tried to get I wrote the story in, in my books, but I tried to get backstage, got kicked out four times, got threatened to call the police on me. And I still made it to Billy Ray Cyrus's hotel room at three o'clock in the morning to have a conversation with him. But um because I wasn't going to give up. And I had about 20 obstacles that night. Um, and I didn't give up on my dream of meeting Billy Ray because I knew he had something important to share with me. I don't know why I knew that. I just was like, I'm going to meet Billy Ray Cyrus. He has something important to tell me and it's going to change my life. And I did. Wow. And it was really hard because he had a bodyguard. And it was very hard to get through the bodyguard that night because there was a lot of women that were trying to do the same thing. But um, but I but it led me to my dream of being a writer, writing books, helping clients with books. And the thing about writing a book is it's like giving birth to a baby, right? But after you give birth to it, you don't abandon the baby, right? And that's what you're talking about. Don't abandon the book, right? Yeah. You know, you can repurpose it. You can use the content. You can create a podcast with it, a webinar with it. You can give it out to potential clients. You can use it at speaking events. Like don't abandon the, the baby, the, the book that you wrote. <laughs> exactly. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your amazing expertise. And I think this is really inspirational for people who have been maybe holding back on their dream of becoming a self-published author. Now you guys know exactly what you need to do. And if you need more support, reach out to Michelle, tell us again, where, where people can find you. They can find me at uh, bestsellingauthorprogram.com. And um, there's a couple free gifts there. You can sign up, you can sign up for a call with me and we can chat about it. Fantastic. And I'll have all of those in the show notes. So everybody out there, please go ahead and leave your comments. If this was inspiring to you, I'd love to hear from you and we'll see you again next week.